Time to abandon ship. Can I persuade you to join us for a drink? It's a tradition. Here, here. Jar Jar, homie, my main man. Quickly, before the Separatists attack, get into the escape pod. Hey, this is escape. Then where the pod? <laughs> Welcome back to Star Wars Escape Pod. I'm your host, Josh, and it's just me today. We're going to be chatting about Dark Disciple. It's a part of the Clone Wars. It's part of the Clone Wars talk series that I've been doing with my co-host, Diego. Uh, He's not here today, but um, we're going to be chatting about uh, the next thing, which is uh, Dark Disciple. It adapted eight-episode Clone Wars scripts uh, into a novel when the Clone Wars was canceled by Disney back back when it was. Uh, And uh, this, this book came out in 2015. We're going to be chatting all about it today. And if you've never read it, don't worry. I got this, the, the chapter by chapter point form for you. So here we go. Another happy landing. All right, guys, if you haven't read this book, don't worry. We're going to be going through it in uh, point form, chapter by chapter. But my first recommendation is that you do read this book because it is one of the best Star Wars books I've ever read. And quite frankly, I think you guys should read it too. (laughs) If, uh, If you do have the ability to do that and you have the time, uh, to squeeze it into your viewing order. I, I highly suggest just binging this book in like two to three days. Uh, if you can't do that, totally fine. Uh, but uh, I, I do recommend even just reading on the side as you watch the rest of the show and uh, and kind of get through the rest of the content. I think it's something that you should uh, at some point at least try out because uh, it's phenomenal. And there's a few reasons why it's such an important and uh, crucial story to read and and just not only just me telling you about it, but just to really digest it for yourself. There's a few reasons here. One of them is uh, these uh, this book. Uh, I mean, Christy Golden's a fantastic author, but this book is adapted from eight Clone Wars episodes that never got made. And being a part of the Clone Wars Legacy Project, uh, the, the entire project initiative was to take unproduced Clone Wars episode stories uh, or scripts, I guess, if you could call them, and and transform them into something that as as fans, we could still get that story. Right. So the the proxy animations for the Utapau arc that we talked about last week was something that they had all the dialogue for. They were able to give us the proxy animation and as a full rough layout of an episode and it works right you're actually able to hear the performance of matt lanter and james arnold taylor as anakin and obi-wan kenobi and 
it's it's awesome. Like you're able to experience that flavor of of Clone Wars again through the dialogue and the acting and the voices, right? Uh, this novel is something else entirely. It's there wasn't enough proxy animation that they actually were able to produce all eight episodes in that format. They they have had uh, they did have concept artwork uh, and that you can find online, and there are. Uh, clips, proxy animation clips that they've shared uh, at previous events in the past. And we're going to be getting into that a little bit later as well. But uh, these eight episodes, in in, in a way, they're, they're, they are written by uh, Katie Lucas, who is uh, George's daughter, of course. And uh, she really, she really takes after her dad. She's got a thing for good storytelling. And um I, I love the the story so much. Like it's it's such a great addition to the Clone Wars and and to Star Wars itself. And uh, I think that's why it's just such a important thing for you guys to maybe even consume this yourself be- at some point because uh, it's so authentic and it's and it's so Star Wars. And and if you want just a good Star Wars story, it, it's in the form of this book. And if you want to complete the Clone Wars in your head and just you know, uh, in a way, at least get one step closer to completing your knowledge of, of what happens in the Clone Wars and, and, uh, and just take in a good story, then this is a great place to do it, uh, is, uh, is this book. So, uh, the eight episodes, um, are, uh, they're adapted into this book, uh, Dark Disciple, and preluding that Dark Disciple book, uh, our, our, our author Christy Golden here also wrote a short story called Kindred Spirits, which launched in Insider Magazine number 159, uh, Star Wars Insider Magazine, and it's the prequel, the official prequel to the novel. And uh, I'm not going to bother going into that with any in-depth whatsoever, but I do have to mention it because it is uh, the prequel to this book. And I think that if you have a, a second to look it up online, uh, just type in Star Wars Kindred Spirits. I'm sure you'll be able to find it online to read. It's like two pages long and very quick. And if you think about picking up the book, just consider maybe reading that first uh, because it is the the prequel story to this book. And also, again, part of the Clone Wars. It's not a, it's not an script, it's not a script of an episode, but um, it, it does tie in with the book uh, fairly nicely. So, uh, so yeah, maybe just, just, uh, just had to plug that uh, talking about this book because uh, it is an extension of it. So uh, I think the first thing I want to get into is Dark Disciples episodes. So there's been, there's, there's eight episodes. Uh, the titles of these episodes would have been Lethal Alliance, The Mission, Conspirators, Dark Disciple, Saving Voss Part 1, and, and Saving Voss Part 2, Traitor, and The Path. So those are the, the scripts and the title of the episodes that would have, that we would have watched. Uh, there's eight of them. And all together, they make this novel. And, uh, all together, uh, they make the 42 chapters in this book that there are. And I've tried to find where these episodes end and begin. It's actually quite rough. The book is very well blended together. And I wouldn't be surprised if there was some filler content in there to make that a little more seamless. But um, I've very roughly placed where I think the episodes begin and end. 
Um, but that's obviously, it's not confirmed. I tried to find answers about that. Uh, so nowhere near is this uh, 100% accurate. It's just my my rough estimation of where I thought would would have been a good end for an episode and and where I think the next chapter starts a new episode. So as I talk about the novel and stuff, I'm going to actually insinuate that one episode is these story, po- story points and those chapters and then moving on to the next and such and such. So uh, just so you know. But uh, first, uh, let's let's take a listen to something we listened to last week. It's just a little clip out of the Clone Wars Lexi project. It's uh, Dave Filoni and Pablo and a few others talking about Dark Disciple. I've always wanted to do a novel starring Ventress. I think she's a fascinating character. I love to watch her. Ventress? It looks like I'm here to rescue you. When did you become the good guy? Don't insult me. We had written several scripts for her story. The next one was one where she was gonna cross over with Quinlan Vos. She's really unlike any other Jedi she's ever encountered before. And someone who, in a way, shares some more qualities with her than with his fellow Jedi. An author could take some of these ideas, very complex ideas around Ventress and her character, and just expand on these ideas in an intricate way that I was never gonna have time to do on a TV series. It has kind of all of the classic elements of Star Wars that we would come to expect with you know, love and betrayal and sadness, revenge. We hired Christy Golden to write the novel. Through our discussions with Christy about it, she brought a lot of great ideas to the table. And then we work with Story Group and with Dave ultimately to see if those additions make sense. Those stories were some of my favorite stories to be able to tell. And I think that you're gonna be able to tell it in a way that you can add all sorts of elements that we weren't able to do in the script. Just for the pure psychology of that character and the psychology of Quinlan Voss, I think is gonna be super exciting. All right, so Ventress was a Dark Horse Comics creation initially appearing in uh, 2003 uh, Jedi Mace Windu uh, comic series. And she was based off of a Sith Lord concept art design for attack of the clones uh, i believe but uh yeah really cool character and then she made it into the 2d clone wars animated series which was uh between 2003 and 2005 the gendi uh tartavoski uh, if i'm if i'm mispronouncing that then uh someone can throw a rock at me or something but uh those are uh, that's that's the 2D highly respected 2D animated uh, Clone Wars series, which is no longer canon. But uh, then she made her big screen debut in the Star Wars: The Clone Wars film back in 2008, which is the official canon story. That is the movie that kicked off the show that we're watching, and of course, uh, I think the Clone Wars movie was uh, the third thing down on the list or on a, on the chronological list. That is. Uh, so, uh, yeah, she, she has a very interesting story arc. Uh, she starts off as a separatist and a Sith and a lot of those early episodes, you see her as, as Dooku's pawn and, uh, and just her, just being, her being used as this, uh, as this Sith assassin and, and kind of his apprentice and maybe his plan to even throw Palpatine over the edge kind of thing and and take over but she's just never quite cutting it as far as her 
uh, the respect that his, that her master has for her. And, uh, we see a lot of her failures through that early part of the show. Like she doesn't always quite manage to land a success. Uh, a lot of the time she's actually failing her missions. And, uh, so episode 116, the hidden or hidden enemy, um, the Clone Wars movie, of course, uh, episode 101 ambush, 302 Arc Troopers and 109 Cloak of Darkness. All those episodes, we saw Ventress uh, getting getting in with her Sith character and her her role in the Separatist army as as uh, as this influential leader in in that faction. But later on, uh, there was there was quite the quite quite a change when when Dooku betrays her and. In episode 312, Night Sisters, uh, and then following that, there was 313 Monster and 314 Witches of the Mist, and then 419 uh, Massacre. This was an entire arc about where they brought in the history, her background, uh, and and how she got to where she where she is, and um, in- introduced Savage Opress and the Night Brothers and and Mother Talzin and all this stuff, and and it added this entire new depth to the character that that she never had before and introduced this uh, this new thing to the Star Wars canon as well which was all this all this night sister uh stuff and the magic and and it was about her story seeking revenge on Dooku and twice she attempted revenge once trying to uh kill Dooku with the night sisters help and that failed uh and then uh once uh with uh, training Savage Press to uh, infiltrate Dooku as an apprentice and then and then later uh tap into his mind and and turn him back and and try and kill him with Savage Press's help and that didn't go well either and and then she gets into this entire hunting and helping kind of arc where where she's going off as a as a bounty hunter uh so w- the story picks up much later and we find her in this cantina, just drinking her soul away, and and then she gets swept up into Boba's crew of of uh, bounty hunters, and she pulls the job and realizes that she's actually not half bad about it. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, episode four twelve bounty, uh, four twenty one brothers, four twenty two revenge, five nineteen to catch a Jedi, and and five twenty the wrong Jedi. Uh, all these episodes, uh, great to uh, explore her character again, and uh, in in those last two there that I mentioned is when she actually teams up with Ahsoka, and and it just goes to show how far that character's come. Uh, you know, she started off by calling Ahsoka Skywalker's little pet and trying to take her head off, and and now they're working together to to. Uh, prove Ahsoka's innocence, and in turn, she she's going to vouch for Ventress uh, in the Senate and or in the, in the Council and make a movement for her uh, her status and try and get her records uh, freed up or something like that. They made some arrangement, and it it just it's it, she says something uh, to Ventress in that moment, uh, Ahsoka. That is, she says uh, something along the lines of, uh, "I never thought that." Uh, I would, we would be helping each other or something like that. And, and Ventress just says, these are strange times and, and then walks off. And it's, it's an evolution of her character and, and yet her story character has never quite been completed. And if you skip this novel, you're skipping the rest of her story arc. So these eight episodes are so incredibly crucial to, to her 
uh, her last half of the story uh, or the last third or whatever you want to calculate it out to be. Uh, but it's uh, it's really quite important. And then, of course, there's Voss's character who made a single uh, or sorry, um, uh, there was there was two appearances technically, but his biggest appearance was in episode 309, Hunt for Zero. He teams up with Kenobi to, to hunt down Zero the Hut, uh, and then they face off against Cad Bane at the very end of that episode because uh, they find him dead, and of course, Cad Bane's too late as well, and it turns out that uh, uh, Sai Snoodles, or uh, the, the frog chick, uh, <laughs> ends up uh, killing killing uh, Zero the Hut and stealing that journal that they're after. But uh yeah Quinlan Voss really cool character he was also a creation of the the Dark Horse comics I believe uh 2000 in in uh in April uh at in the Star Wars Republic number 17 it says here under my notes so yeah he's been around a long time as well also originated from the comics and uh, both started off in the Legends material and then brought into the canon thanks to the 3D Clone Wars series. So his second appearance was in the 612 and Yoda's arc uh, that we talked about two weeks ago or so uh, in that episode called Destiny. I think he was one of the Jedi underneath the tree in the in the courtyard when when Yoda was uh, facing his temptation trial. But uh, but yeah, his main appearance was was in in Hunt for Zero and. And uh, he's got the whole surfer dude, uh, <laughs> surfer dude thing going on. Hey, Kenobi, uh, hey, Commander, looking good. He's got all that going on. He's got the big character, big personality, and he's got this incredible gift of psychometry. Which, if he touches an object, he's able to feel and sense uh, the, the, the its past and and who's held that same thing. And um, really cool force ability very unique uh if you've ever played jedi fallen order it's the same ability that cal kestis has uh, is force psychometry and it's also the same thing that um our uh, our uh our friend ian uh from from england he was talking about a novel that came out last year called force collector and uh there was a character in that book who is called car uh, nook sin and uh, he is just this kid, teenage boy, uh, with, uh, with, a, with a secret. When he touches certain objects, he gets visions of people he doesn't know in places he's never been. So this is long after Return of the Jedi that this kid starts uh, trying to find all this, all these old relics from the past because he actually has the gift of psychometry and he doesn't realize it, but he's actually got this connection to the force. So it's a really cool story. Uh, I, I recommend reading that as well. That's that's called Star Wars Force Collector. But yeah, psychometry, not an un, it, it's it's a pretty rare thing. It's not it's not incredibly rare that only one person has it, like Samuel Jackson's purple lightsaber. Uh, but it it is pretty uncommon. Uh, it, it's also something that Ray experiences when she touches uh, Anakin's lightsaber in, in the little box in, in Maz Kanata's castle and uh, senses its past and, and sees um, flashbacks of Luke holding that lightsaber and um, Bespin and, and, and all that stuff. So, yeah, uh, a cool force ability. And uh, anyway, those are just a little bit of a recap on those two characters and kind of their past in the Clone Wars so far up until this point. And uh, that's, that's pretty much it. So I, I think... The only thing uh, I want to do before getting into the actual chapter recaps 
uh, of the story itself is uh, we got a untold Clone Wars panel section here from the Anaheim convention. Now you can look at this entire panel up for yourself online. Again, I'll link that down in the description below. Uh, but if you uh, if you want to check it out, uh, this this next clip is approximately oh let's see I think this is about uh, ten to fifteen minutes. So we're just gonna we're just gonna get through this chunk of the panel, uh, it, and it's Pablo Hidalgo and Dave Filoni chatting about Dark Disciple and uh, and some of the things that they say about it are kind of interesting. And uh, this is before the book's release. So keep that in mind as you listen to them. This they were talking about it as a as a forthcoming story still, uh, as also something that would have been if the if we had watched it. And then they were talking about the book and and uh, how this is going to be adapted into a novel and all that. So let's let's hear them a little bit chat about it because because they have some interesting things to say. And then we're going to get into the final stage of our of our. Uh, Dark Disciple in-depth review and and discussion and actually walk you guys through the book chapter by chapter. It's not going to take that long because every recap that I've got for each chapter is like uh, between two to five sentences. So uh, so that'll take no time at all. But yeah, let's listen to this for 15 minutes and, and uh, just see what they have to say about it. This stuff no one's seen. Though. Oh, yeah. Ventress. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we had a big plan for Ventress. Um, I mean, all said, she had about eight episodes mm -hmm. to go. And uh, George, one of the things George was most happy with was the development of that character uh, once we kind of dethroned her on the Sith track and kind of threw her into the Night Sisters world. Mm -hmm. And she became an independent. Uh, she became much more dimensional and kind of interesting. So she was, had this big crossover story. Uh, with Quinlan Voss, actually, who was coming back uh -huh. for a big part of the story. Right, awesome, that's great. Yeah, she w she had a really satisfying arc as a villain because of all those backstory flashes mm -hmm. during the Night Sisters mm -hmm. episodes. And <laughs> yeah, that's great. Too. I mean, w we left off last time she was uh, in Ahsoka's arc. You know, when Ahsoka was yeah. on the run. She yeah, I had proposed time. a couple different things that would actually cross them over again, but it wasn't something that I could get George to bite on. But I had something where Ahsoka and her had teamed up at one point at a pretty critical passage. Uh, something this drawing I was like, uh, was, was Katie Lucas and I were interested in her having some kind of punk hair. You know, oh, really cool. kind of intense. Reminds me of your hair. You got a cut for oh, that? Oh my goodness. Okay, very good, you nailed it. As soon as I walked on here, I'm like, you look like Ventress oh, so with that's hair. That's awesome. I wonder if you know that. Well, you nailed it. It's perfect. I guess it worked then. Stand up for a second if you could. Yeah, yeah. We'll put you on the spot, we'll Sorry. Put you, No, No pressure. Yeah, the, the Ventress haircut. Pretty yeah, cool. come forward a little bit so everyone Step can see you. Step into the light. Yeah, Wonderful. That's, that's exactly it. It's nice that's to know awesome. it works, actually, because when <laughs> I draw it, I'm like, I wonder if someone could actually do that. And there, there you did it. Thank you so much. That's cool. That's awesome. And there you go. Did you see those TIE Fighter earrings, too? Those were really that's, cool. That's nice the whole touch. thing. That's cool. awesome. That's awesome. So she has a punk haircut. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, I love that. Well, you know, you know, bald so long, but people change. <laughs> Sabine has crazy hair. You know, That's right. so we'll That's see right. if she keeps that. You never know. But um, this was uh, Ventress's ship, so you have to get your own car now, too. <laughs> um, this is a take on uh, Doug Chang design. That's right. For the gunship from Attack of the Clones. The droid gunship, yeah. yeah I think or the Republic it, gunship, sorry. Yeah. We called it the Banshee, mm -hmm. is what it was called. So I liked that. 
kind of the side loading type of. This ship, I don't think this is too big a spoiler. I don't think so. But this ship will actually show up. Uh, we gave it to somebody else in Rebels. Changed the paint job. It's we a changed the different paint job, ship, and we changed the proportions model. a little bit. But it will show up because I liked it. So mm -hmm. well, nothing gets thrown away. Is it a crazy paint job? Like a crazy, weird, crazy paint job? <laughs> no, we made it more like something Ralph would do. Oh. That design is not. That paint job is not something that Ralph would yeah. do. Oh. It's something that would have been more prequel era. So we we simplified it and made it more uh, standard colors and stuff that Ralph would do. But it's pretty cool. I'll stop I like fishing. I was just wondering. Yeah. That's fine. Fish away. You right, never good. know. With Clone Wars, I could almost say anything except really critical things, like <laughs> stuff about Ahsoka. So right, I can't right, right. say that stuff. We'll get to that. Then we got Quinn showing up. Quinlan. That's cool. We and this blaster. outfit, you might know, you would, this was more like the comic book outfit. Yeah, this was much more like what he was wearing closer to the end of uh, the uh, Star Wars Republic series. Yeah, I, I mean, as it went along, I tried really hard to blend elements from the EU into what we were doing on Clone Wars when George was in favor of it. And uh, Voss, we did slightly different outfit at first, and the model came out okay, but we redid the entire model, his facial model, and tried to get it a, a lot closer, you know. Every now and then from the EU, there were big things that um, I had to go off track, like the Mandalorians and their pacifism, which was different than I know what you know, was perceived in a lot of the material, but that's the way sure. George wanted it. But when I could, I tried to, to stay pretty faithful to um, EU stuff when we would use it, at least visually, because I know how much it, it means to people uh, to The do situation that, so. with Quinlan is interesting, because George was particularly enamored with that character. He was, yeah. Oh. So mm -hmm. he read the comics, he liked this character, and, and inserted him into the show. And though... His first appearance in season three is a little bit more jocular, a little bit more fun-loving. This story arc would put him through a lot more gears that would turn him more into the darker, brooding character that we're familiar with in the comics. It was so, much more similar. In terms of characters like Quinlan Voss, or even Asajj Ventress, or some of these characters that maybe were pre-established before Clone Wars, how does that come about with George? Did he find it in the comic book first? Was it something mm -hmm. that was introduced to him by a research group? Um, how did he find Quinlan Vos, for he, example? He just is interested. In, I mean, he loves Star Wars, so he probably you pick up a comic book and say, "I like this guy," but it doesn't mean he would be beholden to use that stuff as it was used. Mainly, he I found he liked the way something looked. Yeah, he's so visual. He mm -hmm. gets first dibs on every piece of Star Wars art that's ever made, mm -hmm. so he has the option to buy that. And then you, if you go into some of his workplaces, there's great licensing art from all ages all along the walls. He loves it. And I have a feeling that he just ends up loving some more than others. Like, you'll buy a picture of Ayla Secura and go, mm -hmm. that's great, I need to put that in a movie. Mm -hmm. And he did, you know. Well, like with Ventress, I know that like he liked her, but then as it evolved, he did not like that she was some acolyte of Dooku. So he engineered a story that got rid of that and threw her down, and then you know she became in some ways more interesting on her own as an independent. Well, the Night Sisters is an interesting example mm -hmm. of oh, I've got this idea. Well, mm -hmm. there's this thing called Night Sisters from Courtship of Princess Leia, I think yeah. it was, you know, where we're so, and then it's like, well, why don't we call them this? Exactly. And why don't we call yeah. it Dathomir? So that's kind of the exactly. so it kind of came in kind of at, at both Joined angles. in the middle, right? yeah, yeah. That's and anytime great. there's a real panic, I go to Pablo and Leland, and I'm like, you're not gonna believe what we're doing. The Mandalorians are pacifists. Yeah, we'll make it work. How are we gonna brace we'll for this? We'll always make it work. And then we do, we try to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. But we have a clip of, uh, is we, that what Oh, let's show it, yeah, yeah. So you'll like this, this is a clip of Ventress, Ventress. So this is some stuff action. we were gonna do with mm -hmm. 
There's my Volpa. <laughs> this should be easy. This one, honey. Honey? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> that was one of my editors playing Quinlan Voss, Nick, and uh, that was another one of my editors, Sheila, Sheila. playing Ventress. Yeah. We would, uh, in the process of making an episode, we would do a lot of changes to dialogue uh, right in the editorial room. It's something I learned from George. We would you know, record a temp track, but then we would keep rewriting lines and trying to find better lines. And uh, it was something that he did as a director and something he taught me to do. So I would always, I wouldn't want to waste um, the budget on having the actors actually read the lines and then have them redo it over and over and over again. So I had people within the studio uh, we call them the, you know, the big rock temp crowd. <laughs> and so all these you know, different people that worked on the show would come in and voice the characters. And some of them get really obsessed with how good they are at it. And they're not good, ever. <laughs> My editor swore that like, he was Captain Rex. And you know, Henry Gilroy to this day thinks he does an amazing Obi-Wan Kenobi. But he's really, you know, Henry doing James, doing, <laughs> doing you, and, you and yeah, doing, doing Alec, Alec Guinness. <laughs> and it's, it's like a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy. So it's, it's okay, it's but okay not as good as Henry thinks it is. Right. So it's pretty funny stuff. I have just tons of them uh, still recorded, and I'll call them sometimes. Like Justin Ridge, we used to call him in the middle of the night at one in the morning. We, we, we'd still be at work editing. We had him uh, playing Anaconda Far, and he says, Ciao basso, my sweet little Padme, and then we'd just hang up. And we would like hold it up to the speaker, call him, and then hit answer and hang up. And so that's how serious our job is. Yeah. But it passes the time in editorial for sure. 
Well, that was that was amazing. Even with temp voice, temp animation, uh, you know, temp sounds. I mean, that was a really elaborate sequence. I think you mm. you pointed it out when we were looking at this a little earlier. This is the one clip I did see before. Yeah. And uh, it's incredibly staged with uh, new weapons too. I mean, mm. what was it? Can you talk about Ventress's her her bow, her, her night bow. sister bow, sort of the last vestige <laughs> of yeah. her night sister days? Yeah. yeah, it was a it's a it's a sneaky thing. That's the planet Pantora yeah. uh, that was in an earlier arc. We had designed it several times, and we finally were going to go there and do this kind of parkour thing. The bow that she uses is a nod back to something that I love in animation, which was the original '80s Dungeons and Dragons yeah. cartoon. And um, Hank, remember Hank had yeah. that awesome energy bow that could almost do anything Hank wanted it to seemingly at the right time. <laughs> and uh, so that was a little bit of a nod to that. I think you still see a little bit of Hank in Ezra's uh, slingshot. A little bit, sure. yeah. yeah. I love that show. I still watch <laughs> it. And uh, without it, I don't know that I would have gotten into animation. It was really inspiring to me. So that was a little bit of where we got that from. One thing I was going to point out, that chase was going to continue, and among the, the sights and sounds of, oh, yeah. of Pantora City, they were going to come across this statue. And I don't know if who here can recognize what's at the top of that statue. That's Chairman Papanoida, a.k.a. George Lucas. <laughs> it was a funny shot. We had some birds sitting on it. And I was like, okay, well, as long as the birds aren't doing anything up there except sitting, we'll be fine. We should be all right. It's kind of a Trafalgar Square kind of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There you go. That's cool. So um, we won't get into what happens in the storyline, but in these... It's eight episodes total. Mm -hmm. But at the halfway point, Count Dooku gets involved, and it becomes important for a mission that Asajj is on for them to attack Dooku's lair on uh, Sereno. So are we showing that clip? We are. We are. We are showing that clip. Is this oh, something wow, we're really? not supposed to well, show? Well, it's going to raise some questions. That's great. <laughs> but that's all right. We I didn't, didn't know we got approval to show that clip. We didn't get disapproval. That is a really interesting way to look at it. <laughs> Better to beg for forgiveness sure. than ask for permission on this one? Is that the... Uh, yeah. yeah. You guys want to see it? Oh, oh, look at that. Before we get to that... <laughs> there was this whole thing where they had to go to this massive separatist gathering on a planet. Um, it wasn't on Sereno. It was on... It was uh, on Raxus. On Raxus. And um, Ventress had to wear this big ball gown, basically to sneak into this ball. There you go. If you can... So I thought that'd be some... Uh, All right. She's you know, doing that tomorrow, apparently. Okay. <laughs> Talking to Ashley, you know, about couture all the time and wanting fashion. So here's some Ventress fashion for you right. that she could fight in. So it still had little snake accessories, and that was a fun one. All right. So we'll, we'll get into the clip. It's probably the less said and the more seen, the better. So let's, let's see what happens. Wow.
<laughs> wow. <laughs> so if you want to know what the heck was going on, this is where I have to be a little bit chilly and plug this, but we're actually quite proud of this. Um, Dark Disciple, novel by Christy Golden, coming out in July. There's a poster that Del Rey is going to be making available. I don't know when, but harass them about it. And uh, it's great. She, we gave the scripts over to Christy and to Del Rey. They were very enthusiastic to get it. And she turned it into a full-length novel, all eight episodes, and it's, it's a compelling read. So I uh, highly recommend it. All right. So in the foreword of the book, it says, at its core, Dark Disciple is a story of redemption, a story of how people can be unbelievably broken and yet find a way back to rebuild despite the odds. Uh, it's one of the one of the best things I love about this novel is that it's so classic Star Wars in the sense that it's 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 a love story. It's a redemption story. It's uh, it's a story about Jedi. It's a story about Sith. Uh, and it's a story about light and dark and, and both sides of the force combining and clashing. And uh, it's just, it's, it's awesome. It's just Star Wars. It's just a hundred percent Star Wars and, and you just got to read it. Uh, and I've got a, I've got, I've got a few quotes from the book that I'm just going to be giving to you uh, as I kind of go along here. And I don't have one for every chapter. Uh, sometimes I have more than one for a chapter. But, uh, but we'll, I'll just be reading those to you guys as, uh, just for the heck of it. Um, uh, and, uh, and then also recapturing, recapping the ch chapters as we go through it. So the first episode that the book starts off with I, uh, is Lethal Alliance. And uh, again, where I place the title of the episode amongst the chapters of this book is kind of my own opinion of where I believe that the the next episode begins. Uh, but if you read it for yourself, I'm sure you can probably find a slightly better way of, of placing them if you really kind of narrow it down and be super mathematical about it. I was kind of roughing it out, but, uh, but yeah. So let's start off. Uh, Lethal Alliance, chapter one. The cruelty of Count Dooku is more evident than ever when he blows up a ship with many innocent Marani people on board, killing children, families, General Trubor, the Jedi, and clones alike. The Jedi Council decide to take action, a dark path they decide to reluctantly take. So the first quote that I got uh, is, uh, oh shoot, I I. Don't know who the, who says this. Um, show in book. I got my my ebook here, the e-reader, uh, so I'm able to slightly follow along here. Uh, okay, so Duku's voice was now hard and flat, as cold and pitiless as the ice of Marani's polar caps. As long as the Republic resists me, innocence will continue to die. Every death in this war lies firmly at the feet of the Jedi. And now, it is time for you and your passengers to join the ranks of the fallen. So, there's just a, a slight grimacing piece of text there of, of Dooku and his cruelty towards just innocent people on board this, this ship that he chooses to just blow up, uh, all for the death of one Jedi. Uh, even sacrificing children and families, and uh, it, it was a uh, it was a it was a ship that was transferring uh, refugees, uh, I believe. So, yeah, just uh, just terrible, terrible stuff. 
and uh, it also it also says in this chapter one that uh, that uh, it references that for almost three standard years this war has raged. Uh, I'm not too sure who said that, but that's uh, that was in chapter one here. So. This book is evidently close to the end of the Clone Wars naturally. I mean, uh, I believe these episodes were from season seven or were, would have been uh, from season seven. Not the season seven that you know on, on Disney+. Plus. Uh, <laughs> those episodes, uh, at least some of those episodes, would have been uh, actually part of Clone Wars season eight. Uh, that's right. There's eight seasons. Uh, there are eight seasons. There are enough scripts to support eight seasons and and uh pablo actually mentioned i think in the clone wars legacy video that they think of those episodes actually of of having happened so even though we know though that finale uh if you actually if you haven't seen the finale then uh then you know then uh, <clears throat> i'm not going to spoil it for anyone who hasn't but you know what i'm talking about if you have because uh the final season is obviously that's it and and it's season seven, but but it's actually not season seven. Those those arcs came from season eight arcs uh, and were moved back to season seven because there's still a whole whack of episodes that weren't produced. I believe there's another like twenty or something like that. Um, so yeah, I mean we're talking about eight of of like forty something that that were that we missed out on. But uh, but yeah, there's there's more out there. So. <clears throat> But yeah, uh, to to the whole Clone Wars era uh, takes place around the three and a half year mark, three years, and uh, this book, uh, this season seven arc, definitely towards the end of the war. So, another quote that I grabbed: Misundu um, says, "Duku is going to keep doing exactly what he has been." Uh, Windu continued quietly, "He's not going to change." And if we don't change either, then the war will keep raging until this tortured galaxy is nothing but a space debris and dead worlds. We, the Jedi, and the clones we command are the only ones who can stop it. Master Windu is right, said Anakin. I think it's time to to open the floor to ideas that before we would have never considered. Anakin, Kenobi warned. Uh, that's a little moment from uh, a Jedi Council meeting that Anakin was present for, discussing the horrendous, treacherous acts of Dooku. All right, chapter two. Master Voss and Jedi Knight Desh are on a mission. They are introduced into the story and complete an undercover Jedi mission in this chapter. Chapter three. The Jedi Council assigns Voss to the mission to assassinate Dooku with the aid of his former apprentice, Asajj Ventress. But Ventress must not be allowed to know he is a Jedi. He is supposed to be in deep cover as a bounty hunter himself. So basically, Voss has got a sweet talk Ventress into partnering up on a job uh, to kill Dooku uh, without her finding out that he's actually a Jedi. So it's a pretty it's a pretty daunting task here. Uh, and there was something I did uh, grab out of this one as well. A course of action that we reluctantly deemed necessary, said Mace. Voss's gaze flickered to Yoda, doubtless curious as to why Windu spoke instead of the head of the council. There's no way to phrase this other than bluntly, Master Voss. The council wants you to assassinate Count Dooku. Uh, so that's the moment that, uh, that the council actually 
tells Voss that he's going to be the Jedi to actually kill the Count kind of thing. <clears throat> Excuse me. Master Yoda, I volunteer to assist Master Voss. Anakin said at once. Before Kenobi could protest, he well knew that putting Anakin and Quinlan together on a mission was simply asking for trouble. So, I mean, Quinlan being the kind of guy that doesn't always follow the rules and he's late and uh, he's late to things and and he's just kind of out there. He's a little wacky, a little crazy. If you've seen that one episode that he's in, then you'll know what I'm talking about. Uh, And Anakin, of course, is Anakin, uh, who we've talked, you know, extended amounts of time about. Uh, it's it's easy to agree with this statement. <laughs> uh, it's easy to agree with with uh, with Kenobi in this in this uh, in this moment as well, just because it's a little intimidating. I think putting two pretty rogue ish Jedi together for for such a daunting undercover mission. So, uh, chapter oh here's here's another another little bit from chapter three. Uh, this is uh, Kenobi talking to Voss about Ventress and, and Kenobi is actually acting as Voss's uh, uh, kind of his undercover contact uh, on the mission. And, uh, and here's a little moment from, from that. She's also a very striking woman physically. It might tip her off if you uh, don't notice her. And she likes to Trade bobs. Voss snagged a fried kajaka root from Obi-Wan's plate and popped it into his mouth. You were fighting her and chatting at the same time? Kenobi nodded. It's... He searched for a word. Banter? You flirted with her? Uh, So that's just Voss and Kenobi discussing Ventress's habit for flirtatious battle talk, I guess. Um, so chapter four, Voss is looking for Ventress on level 1313. Boba Fett and Bosk point him in the right direction when he stops in at uh, a cantina. Voss intercepts Ventress's bounty chase on Pandora as an unexpected way uh, of introduction. So uh, something that uh, Diego had noted down about uh, about this is uh, Boba and the gang had worked with Ventress in the past and were paid out properly, but but, but Boba got used as bait by Ventress, and he's still a little ticked off about that. So that's what that's all about. Uh, that entire chapter, I know uh, Boba Fett and, and the rest of them are too happy when when. Uh, Voss comes comes asking about Ventress. They're like, oh, we don't care where she is. <laughs> uh, chapter five, Voss and Ventress pursue the bounty target who escapes. Uh, Voss is flirtatious with Ventress as she tries his, uh, sorry, Voss is flirtatious with Ventress and tries his best to be charming and persistent with a partnership in helping nab the target. She refuses despite his best efforts. He's referred to as the idiot the entire chapter. Chapter 6. Voss follows Ventress to a bar and earns her respect over a drink. Voss uses psychometry on an item Ventress nabbed from the target to get a clue as to where the target went. She accepts his help in a partnership to track down the bounty uh, to his residence. And uh, Chapter 7. Ventress and Voss capture the bounty target and agree to split the payout. They take the bounty back to the Banshee, which is Ventress's ship. 
some flirtation on Voss's part here, sells his visade and Ventress appears to like him. They agree to be partners. So that's kind of the, that's where I thought the first episode would have ended. And uh, now we get into the next episode called The Mission, uh, chapter eight of the novel. Ventress insists upon Voss training to be better at his job. They take on multiple missions together. After five successful jobs, they relax over some alcohol and space. They share a personal sharing moment. Uh, Ventress doesn't reveal much, and Voss realizes, sadly, that he has no story to share. Yet, I guess. Um, so in chapter eight here, another little quote area. Oh, I have a story, all right. Ventress says, or Ventress said, sorry. Quite a lot of stories, actually. The story of a girl given into slavery, of a Jedi Padawan, of a dark master's apprentice, of a night sister. But none of them end well, she said. She frowned into her glass. So that's uh, just some of her kind of recollecting some of the stories um, when Voss asks her about um, about her her past, she doesn't actually tell tell him that stuff though. Uh, she, the uh, all the stuff about a girl given into slavery, Jedi Padawan, all that stuff. Uh, that's all stuff running through her head. All she says to Voss is, "Oh, I have a story, all right. Quite a lot of stories, actually, but none of them end well." And then she frowns into her glass. So, so she kind of brushes over the fact that she's got tons of stories to tell. He had a series of events from his life that he could relate, but somehow they were never about him, never his stories, simply things he'd done. Um, and finally, the words he'd spoken kept running through his brain. What's worse, to have unhappy stories or to have no story at all? Voss had no answer. Um, so that's just Voss questioning his past, I guess, and just realizing that he's got nothing to, to say. Um, you know, he hasn't really had anything to, to no cool stories. He's been, he's been raised as a Jedi his whole life. He's been raised in this temple and uh, he knows no other life. And, and he's got this personality that kind of strikes similar to Anakin where it's almost like he wants a little more. And I think he doesn't really realize that that he's uh, given up so much outside of this little life in this in this bubble. And uh, what Diego writes down here is um, uh, Voss supposed it was only to be expected from someone trained by Count Dooku. He had wondered how it was that both Kenobi, a superb fighter, and Anakin, who was also excellent, though a bit reckless, had been unable to take her down. Now he understood. So I think that's something he copied and pasted from from uh, the book. But uh, I, I see where he's going with this. Uh, what he's saying um, in this note that he grabbed out was that uh, Voss is recognizing the fact that Voss uh, that Ventress is in, in, in as is a very talented and skilled fighter, and um, she's obviously got a lot of history to her through all her various mystery uh, mystery background stories kind of thing that she's not telling Voss. Um, and obviously she at this point doesn't know that Voss is even a Jedi, right? So uh, she doesn't want to even share the fact that she was a Sith apprentice and all this other stuff. Uh, but uh, 
yeah, very, uh, very kind of all coming together and making sense for Voss, uh, you know, almost in admiration, uh, wondering just, you know, like, how is it that Obi-Wan and Anakin, who are both, you know, superb fighter and an awesome, reckless Jedi, unable to take this person down. And, and he, now he gets it after being around her. He's like, okay, yeah, I get it now. Um, so chapter nine, Voss meets undercover uh, Kenobi in a bar and catches him up on his development with uh, Asajj. He struggles with his task of using her and they journey to Obadiah to meet the Pikes. Uh, that's him and Asajj. Marge Krim is introduced. They must return his family to him alive, captured by the Black Sun, and they are held on Mustafar. Uh, chapter 10. Ventress and Voss land on Mustafar, enter a local bar, and find a guard for the Black Sun. They pressure him for info on the whereabouts of the hostages and knock him out. Chapter 11. The children are rescued from the fortress, which is the house, and a trap is sprung. The two do manage to escape with the children, but narrowly. Voss is injured. After touching the girl's locket, he has a vision of where the mother is held to. They have a moment together as Ventress patches Voss up. Uh, so this is a pretty important moment. This is like the first moment that they really, uh, really kind of connect. So here's a highlight from the book. For Ventress, her hands were weapons, tools. But now they touched him for the first time with care. This she said as she packed away the equipment, is why I don't have a partner. The words came before Voss, even realized he'd thought them. Uh, sorry, the words came before Voss, even realized he'd thought them. No, he said quietly. This is why you need a partner. Uh, so that's when Ventress is patching up Voss's injury, and it's uh, supposed to be kind of the budding of a of a of of what either of them don't really know to be romance but because they know nothing of that kind of life but uh but they're experiencing something along those lines uh chapter 12 ventress and voss rescue the mother and escape mustafar with mission success there's tension between voss and ventress now and they drop off the targets and get paid black sun comes to obadiah for revenge voss and ventress leave Ignore the new threat and blast off uh, to a cantina for a drink. Voss reveals to her his secret identity. Uh, so this was a pretty important chapter because in this in this chapter uh, or the last one, I forget. Uh, Voss he he takes a fall and manages to stick a landing, and I think he hopes that that Ventress doesn't notice it, but I think I think she does. Uh, she's kind of on to him. Uh, and, uh, in this, in this moment, uh, in this chapter, he, he actually he says, um, that he's, he's a Jedi. So, uh, let's read the highlight from, from this book. The younglings begged him to come with him, but he just smiled and hugged them goodbye. That wasn't like the Quinlan Voss whom Ventress had come to know. Something was definitely amiss. So like, he's got this facade as a bounty hunter and as kind of this tough guy, um, but also a fun loving tough guy. But I mean, a guy like that isn't so friendly and kind to young children, I guess. I mean, I mean maybe, I don't know. Uh, but, but I guess the character that he's created for himself doesn't, it's not supposed to be that way in front of, in front of her. And in front of these kids, he, even he as a Jedi, his compassion is just too, 
too big to ignore, too great to ignore. And, and, uh, and he's got this outwardly love to these children and cares for them. And she can see that she can pick up on him, uh, on that. So she's kind of on to him as, as, you know, she's, she knows that something's not, not completely consistent here. Um, and, uh, uh, we get into the next chapter here, which is chapter 13. This is where episode, uh, the episode called Conspirators starts, which is the uh, third one on the list here. Voss and Ventress have a heart-to-heart about his truth as a Jedi and the plot in store. She has him understand that to assassinate Dooku, he will have to change. And he's willing. Voss meets Kenobi for an update, and Obi-Wan senses something's wrong. Uh, uh, on Dathomir, Ventress shares her story. She begins to teach Voss the ways of the dark side and harnessing hatred. Ventress lies about the death of Voss's master, twists the truth, and points the blame at Dooku to fuel the fire, to fuel his hate. He gives into his emotions and... Uh, uh, they also kiss. So there a lot, a lot of stuff happened in chapter 13. And I've got like a ton of highlights uh, from this, from this chapter. So we're just going to bash through them and uh, you'll kind of get the idea. I'm surprised that the Jedi council will take such action. Not that I disprove of it, mind you, but it's a big step from Jedi to assassin. I've watched you struggle with some of the things you've done, Voss. And trust me, you've only seen a very sanitized version of what goes down in the usual bounty hunt. So that's um, Ventress talking there. You will have to harden that soft heart of yours. Whatever I have to do, whatever I have to become, I'll do it. I'll be it. She regarded him steadily, then said, we shall see. So my voice is getting a little dry here, so <clears throat> forgive me if I can't do the voices properly right now. Uh, <clears throat> something prickled in Kenobi, a sense that things were not right. Voss was taking just a little too long in replying. Only a Jedi and one who knew Voss well at that would have noticed. And uh, Kenobi knows Voss pretty well. Like they, they, they've, they're pretty tight at the temple. Like they got a good, uh, a good relationship going on in there. <clears throat> so here's a kind of a page out of the book where Ventress is talking about her past. When I was an infant, my clan was forced to surrender me to a criminal. I became his slave, but he was a surprisingly kind master. He was killed when I was still quite young during an attack by Weequay raiders. I was rescued by a Jedi Knight named Kyneric, who sensed that I was strong with the Force. He was stranded on rat attack, and he took me under his wing. I became his Padawan. You were trained by a Jedi? Voss stared openly at her. Ventress nodded and clenched her teeth for a moment. Sorrel gripped her heart, and she let it. For ten years, we helped the people of Red Attack. We became heroes to most. But to some, we were the enemy. The Jedi are always enemies to some, Voss said. 
Narek died in front of my eyes. He, too, was killed by Weakway. Ventress continued, speaking the words, opened the gates even more, and she felt a flare of the old, never-quite-gone pain and comfort, cold but real of hatred. You may have noticed I dislike them. I vowed vengeance, and I got it. Soon the warlords were dead, and I ruled in their place. It was on Ratatak that Dooku found me, and I him. She shrugged. I hated the Jedi for abandoning my master. And Dooku wanted an apprentice to fill, filled with hatred, as he was. It was a good match. So what changed? Her lip curled into a snarl as she recalled Dooku's words. He abandoned me, without warning. He said I had failed him for the last time, and left me for dead. But I survived. I vowed to kill him. I knew I would need allies if I were to succeed, and so I came home. She gestured to the place in which they stood. Home to the Night Sisters, where I was made welcome, and our clan leader, Mother Talzin, helped me plot my revenge. Twice I attempted to assassinate Dooku. Twice I failed. Ventress turned to regard Voss intently. She could tell he sensed the deep anguish of this place. His gaze fell to the ground, lingering on the broken remains of a Night Sister's bow. Dathomir is where you got your bow, isn't it? Wordlessly, Ventress nodded. No wonder it is so important to you. He bent, picked up the bow respectfully, and gasped. Sweat broke out on his forehead and his body went taut. His eyes widened, seeing not what was here and now, but what had been here then. The bow tumbled from his shaking fingers, and he stepped back from it, recovering. He said, I'm sorry. I, my talent, my psychometry, when I hold an object and focus on it, sometimes I can see and hear things that have happened during its history. And sometimes, sometimes I can feel what happened. So, sorry, that's a bit of a longer one, but, uh, but it was worth reading. Uh, I think it's, it's a pretty good, pretty good highlight, pretty good outtake. And, uh, there's uh there's another one here as well that I've that I've got. Uh, Hatred gave me access to abilities the Jedi think are too unnatural, but the Sith know that the path to hatred is the path to ultimate power. So this is what Ventress says to Voss about the dark side, and I love how it's stated here. Um, it's uh, it's it's. It's literally written down as hatred gave me access to abilities that the Jedi think are too unnatural. And I really, I'd like to know what these abilities are because Ventress doesn't actually have uh, Sith lightning, at least not that I know of. Um, and it doesn't exactly show up in this book either. So so I, I really, I'd like to know exactly what kind of abilities that that she is connecting that to. Um and uh, she's kind of giving Voss the friendly sort of here. This is the dark side. You need to know it and understand it and how to use it to kill Dooku. But you don't 
don't get in too deep. Otherwise, you'll be sucked in. She's basically taking him through this process of converting his Jedi thoughts into dark kind of Sith dark side thoughts almost, but but not fully there. Um, And she's doing this training on Dathomir because this planet is so entrenched with the dark side and it's, and it's a good, uh, it's good for her to, to use that. It's a, it's, it's a tool for her. Ventress realized that she had cemented his trust in her, given him a personal vendetta against Dooku and sparked resentment toward the council, all with a few well-chosen words. Such was the treacherous power of the dark side. She lowered her voice till it was a husky purr. Let that anger guide you, she said. Your feelings for the loss of your master. When Voss spoke, staring straight ahead, his voice was unsteady. I trained to not use those emotions. Because you were a Jedi, Ventress said. He winced at the infliction of her words. But I am still. So... She's already thinking of Voss as not a Jedi. I mean, she's only known him as 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 this undercover bounty hunter guy. And and now she looks at him as this partner. And not only a partner right now, but as a partner in training who right now is under her training of using the dark side. So nowhere near does she associate him with the Jedi just yet. Um, even though he has that soft heart, uh, she's still not, she's she's already trying to make him, to change his thoughts into believing that he's no longer a Jedi, that he can actually grip the dark side better. Um, and it's bringing him out of that original Jedi mentality, out of that bubble that that is, that he's, she's going to try and do that. There are other emotions the Jedi taught you not to use, she whispered. Do you deny them as well? Um, and this is she's talking about love and, and lust in that moment. Then, with the sound of both desire and anguish, as if something had broken within him, he pulled her into his arms and kissed her. So there's there, there's your, your love moment right there. Um, pretty intense. Uh, intense moment. <laughs> uh, all right, chapter 14. Ventress trains Voss under the presence of the dark side enriched world of Dathomir. She has him try and tap into the dark side to kill an in- innocent creature, which is a snake, and he fails. His punishment for failure is pain, as that is the way of the dark side. Uh, the snake actually bites him uh, when he fails to, to use the force to just kill the thing. Uh, no wonder the Jedi Order had preached against attachment or exploring the depths of one's feelings. For who, having once tasted what Voss now shared with Asajj Ventress, would now turn away from it? Uh, this is in reference to now that they've kissed, uh, now they have kind of this relationship going. And th- this kind of brings me back to Anakin and Padme. Like, Anakin has experienced love, and he's old enough that he knows the love for his mother. And most of those Jedi are, are taken way too young to even know what it's like to have family. So it's always very interesting seeing seeing this as well, because... Uh, because it brings you back to that moment of going like, hey, that's why Yoda said Anakin was too old. Too old to become a Jedi, you know. Um, and Mace Windu, Mace Windu as well, he's like, no, he will not be trained. He's too old. And part of that reason is the Jedi have this very strict 
uh, thing about about how the training of a, a, a like the upbringing of of these Jedi are so uh, pure and so uh, they're they're brought up from this very innocent stage in their life where they know nothing and and like they're dependent on whoever is raising them at that current moment. Anakin was was dependent on his mother and he she had he had a um, a love relationship with his mother and attachment to his mother. And, and that, of course, left a real dent in his life when she, when she died. So uh, I think in, in part, uh, he then seeks for attachment through Padme as well, because he's in love with Padme and, and, and they fall in love and they kiss. And of course, not next thing you know, they're getting married on Naboo. So it's a very similar experience for Voss. And uh, that kiss is kind of kind of that single bite from the apple that he needed to, to gain that knowledge that um, that he didn't have before. And now he's got it. So um, here's another little outtake. Night sisters know the dark side better than anyone. We grow up steeped in it, but we can use it as a tool and stay ourselves unlike the Sith. That's something that Ventress was saying about the Night Sisters and how they, despite using the dark side, they're not completely like lost in it. Whereas the Sith are just completely consumed by the dark side that that is their thing. Like they're so consumed by darkness that they lose themselves. And it's the perfect description of Darth Vader. Uh, he is a Jedi who is just consumed by hatred and by the dark side and by all these things that the dark Lord has been twisting his mind, just the way that Obi-Wan says it is. And, and he is bent out of shape and he commands the dark side so powerfully, but he's lost himself in it. And, and in turn, it's created this entire other persona. And he goes by as Darth Vader and he tries to forget his past. And he says, Anakin Skywalker is dead. He says that, that Vader destroyed him. He refers to Anakin as this other person. Um, so whereas the Night Sisters are nowhere near that in deep of, of, losing themselves in the dark side. Feel the dark side. It gives you power. You're in command, in control. You can bend things to your will. That's something else that she says about it when, he's, when she's training Voss. Uh, chapter 15, Ventress pits Voss against her combat abilities while he suffers from the snake's poison. She leads him to her village where she where the fight ends, and she explains about the water of life uh, and where it comes from, which is this creature called the Sleeper, uh, and the Sleeper is his next test. So uh, the water of life is that green, misty water stuff that, that you've seen the Night Sisters use before in their bowls. Uh, that's and that stuff comes from a creature called the the sleeper, which apparently lives in one of those little lake things in the village uh, at the very bottom of it. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Uh, chapter 16, Voss commits himself to Ventress and they discuss more about his challenge ahead with facing the sleeper. Voss cuts off communication with the Jedi and smashes his comm link. Ventress's contact calls in to inform her Dooku will be on Raxus in a specific day and time. She worries Voss still isn't ready. He must be able to fully embrace the dark side, but not let it consume him like a Sith would. Um, 
It will be hard for you to go back to the Jedi, but it's possible. That's what she says to him. And uh, here's another little outtake. And if being Jedi means I can't be with you, I also know what I choose. Uh, that's what Voss says in turn to Ventress, uh, saying basically he's committing himself to Ventress. He, he's basically saying like, if being a Jedi means I can't be with you, then I know what I'm going to do. Uh, and, and he plans to leave the Jedi uh, when when this whole thing is done. Uh, chapter 17, Voss uses the dark side and conquers the sleeper, even as far as to destroy it. He struggles at first, but after he tastes the power at his fingertips and wishes to use it again. So that's uh, chapter 17 there. And here's a highlight. But the sleeper's eyes were even more complex, and Voss briefly wondered if this creature was so difficult to subdue because it might be able to actually see the Force. So this is a pretty interesting creature. Like it's able to actually like he wonders if 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 it's actually able to see the Force itself because its eyes are apparently this so uh, amazing sight to see um, that that he wonders if if using the force um is something that that um that the this creature can actually like see the um uh the, the like the living force basically uh here's another another little outtake here ventress would be disappointed and angry but he would find another way to convince her that they could kill count dooku without him going to the dark side it gave him power, true, but at what cost? The Jedi have always taught that the dark side is a quick and easy path. You must be cautious how far down that quick and easy path you go, she warned. Now that you have... Oh, no, sorry. Now that's... Uh, now that you have tapped into it, it can consume you. It is a delicate balance to strike being free enough to to feed from it but remaining your own master like you did so that's a really interesting thing as well like this is this is chatting about um about how now that you can now that if you can tap into the dark side it can consume you like she is like ventress is telling voss now that you have the ability to use the dark side you cannot let it consume you you have to strike a delicate balance and be free enough from it to feed from it, but be re remaining your own master. So, so be far enough away from the dark side that you're able to utilize it as a tool, but but uh, not so far away that you're completely ignorant to it, and not close enough to it that you're just consumed by it, and and like a Sith Lord would be. Like you have to remain this in this balance, and it's it's a different kind of balance than what we've that what we've looked at before with um this jedi perspective of the balance of the force where where it's got this um they have this view of the the force being balanced in in light essentially and and in goodness and this is a different kind of balance this is a balance of being able to acknowledge and use the dark side but also not be consumed by it fully so it's a very, very interesting way of looking at the balance of the force just again with a different lens, a different perspective. 
chapter 18, Kenobi states concerns about Voss and the mission to Yoda when he doesn't check in. Voss and Ventress suit up for, the, for a gala and Ventress murders her informant to tie up loose ends. They're too close to killing Dooku to let anything stand in, in, in the way. And, and this really bothers Voss at first, uh, just killing this innocent informant that was working for, for Ventress and did his job. Uh, yes, I had misgivings from the beginning about this entire enterprise. I still believe that sending a Jedi to assassinate a man was wrong. And I fear that I likely will lose not only a fellow Jedi master, but someone I consider a friend. And we will have nothing to show for such a loss. So that's Obi-Wan chatting to Yoda about this entire ordeal and this entire mission. Chapter 19, Voss and Ventress enter the gala and listen to Dooku's speech. Voss goes to take care of Grievous and Ventress approaches Dooku at the gathering and whispers in his ear. Hello, master. Um, and uh, there's an interesting thing that that comes out of this epi- uh, this chapter. Uh, it's, it's something that Dooku says to the crowd of people at the gala event. Um, that uh that it kind of made me maybe grin a little bit this is this is through the eyes of the people who just absolutely worship this man um as their leader so this is what dooku says to them in, in a big speech as a people you called out for change you called out for leadership and i humbly answered that call dooku continued his voice as always looking sonorous and strong together we challenged the system We asked for equality. And how were we met? With war. The Jedi secret army of clones was revealed. And their treachery was far greater than we could have ever imagined. So this is Dooku pointing just blame at the Jedi for being this this corrupt, scheming group of people with this secret army and plots and plans and and dooku is is presenting himself as this holy humble kind of guy that that is like hey all we wanted was was uh was change and and uh equality and independence and and he's painting like like this is like they look at themselves as the good guys so he is reinforcing their opinion about themselves of being that kind of group of people and he was don't forget, a Jedi Master, he was an ex-Jedi Master who led away this political party um, and uh, and got swept up with the dark side along the way and became a Sith Apprentice. But uh, but it was all part of the plan. And, and of course, uh, all these Separatists believe they're fighting on the right side of the war. There's, there's that entire episode called Heroes on Both Sides where Padme went to Raxus and, and spoke to um, her her friend Mina Bonteri about the whole thing, and that introduced Lux Bonteri, who ended up becoming a good friend of Ahsoka. Um, so uh, yeah, really really relevant episode there. Uh, countless living beings, these clones that Jedi created, have been sent to their deaths while we sacrifice mainly droids, and that's something else that Dooku says, painting the Jedi as these immoral. Uh, reckless group of people sending these living beings, these real people, like clones. Uh, this is a subject that we've gone over before uh, of like how how the clones are treated in this war. But Dooku is now using that as as this uh, this 
this way to kind of present himself in a in a positive light and put himself on a pedestal while painting the Jedi as these criminal kind of wretched people by saying that these clones the Jedi created have been sent to their deaths while we sacrifice mainly droids. So he's basically saying like, look how much better we are. We're, we're, we're using droids to fight this war, whereas they're using real people and like losing actual like living beings along the way. So uh, I, I found that all just so fascinating, just the way that he's like stringing all these people along. Chapter 20, Grievous swiftly taken care of. Uh, Ventress and Dooku have a small chat on the balcony and Voss jumps in soon after and the fight begins. Uh, chapter 21, Dooku senses the dark side in Voss. The fight goes on. Dooku taunts Voss at the fact that Ventress hasn't taught Voss to his full potential and that he can. Uh, Grievous interrupts uh, and they soon lose the fight. Dooku states that he has plans for Voss and he tortures him. Uh, Ventress runs and hides uh, as she's injured. And uh, one of the lightsabers is lost over the side of the balcony and uh, contemplating about her, about contacting the Jedi for aid. Uh, so that's, that's how that uh, goes down. And I believe that's also the end of the episode. Uh, and the next episode begins, which is the episode uh, titled Dark Disciple. But actually, let me first, before I get into that, I do have uh, some highlights for this one as well. So I'll get through those ones. The last thing that Quinlan Voss saw was the woman he, he was falling in love with turn and flee, abandoning him to the mercies of Count Dooku. Quinlan, I won't give up. I won't let him have you. By the blood of my sisters, I swear. I left the Jedi because I had grown beyond them, Dooku continued. But I see now that you and I, Voss, have much in common. Uh, oh, sorry, that's from the next chapter. Uh-huh. Uh, so, yeah, those, those, the first two, though, those were from chapter 21. So, chapter 22, Dark Disciple. Dooku tortures Voss. Uh, he says that line. Uh, he begins to manipulate Voss against the Jedi and Ventress. The Jedi worry uh, Voss has turned or is dead with no word of his whereabouts. Ventress hires Boba Fett and his gang to rescue Voss, paying them with her life savings. Uh, that's every dime she has, basically. Boba threatens her if she betrays them. Uh, which, uh, you know, he's, he's not the boy that she left on, on Quartzite, uh, which is the planet that she stuffed him in that box and gave him as a fake bride to that ugly alien dude. Uh, <laughs> the, the last, the last time that they had encountered each other. So, so he, he goes along with the plan and, and his crew who wants this amazing payday that she's offering them, but he threatens her and says, uh, and says, Hey, like if you betray us, I will kill you. Um. And uh, he means business. So where he's turning into the Boba Fett that we uh, then come to later recognize in the in the original trilogy. Uh, another little outtake from this from this episode: a powerful allure is that which is forbidden. Uh, Yoda says. Uh, so he's obviously talking about all that that is forbidden and and not something you're not allowed to have um, is uh, is such a powerful, powerful luring tool, I guess. Uh, an aller is, is the word that he that he uses. Uh, so uh, chapter 23. Voss is tortured even more for days, a method used to help brainwash. 
And now brought before Dooku, eating his evening meal, he reveals the truth. Ventress killed Master Thome, which is uh, Voss's master. Twists her own plot around uh, the one originally designed to inflict anger for Dooku. Uh, he, he kind of unravels it and he's like, no, 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 no. Uh, Ventress actually killed your master. So Voss denies that. And he shows Voss his cabinet. And the cabinet is full of lightsabers from fallen Jedi. Uh, he knows about Voss's gift of psychometry and sends him back to his cell with Master Thome's lightsaber, tempting him to touch it and realize the truth. So he's not threatened by Voss touching this lightsaber and breaking free and killing Dooku because as soon as Voss touches that lightsaber, he's going to get all the, tr- the truth he needs to understand that it was, in fact, Ventress who killed Master Thome and uh, and he's going to he's it's going to affect him. And, and Dooku knows that because he's tapped into the dark side before, uh, he's going to give into it again as soon as he experiences that, that last moment of Ventress killing his master. Um, and uh, do I have any outtakes for this one? Yeah, yeah. She slaughtered Master Thorm against my orders. We had the battle won. There was no reason to justify the death of an old friend. Dooku's voice bizarrely was kind like that of a father comforting a devastated son. Uh, so that's something interesting about Dooku, like recognizing Master Thome as an old friend, of course, because he was once part of the Jedi. So uh, he would have known Master Thome. And it's unclear on whether or not he actually is telling the truth here. I, I, I think he's lying. I think he's actually twisting it slightly in his favor um, and probably, in fact, did order the death of this Jedi because... As you could see in the beginning of the book, he just blew up an entire ship of innocent people um, just to kill that one Jedi as well. So, so it's very likely that he's just throwing this cherry on top, even though the rest of it is true and Ventress killed Master Thome. He's probably throwing this out there as that small little lie that'll connect all the dots in this positive way to make everything look bad about Ventress. And, and, and Dooku's basically putting his hands up and saying, hey, 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 she slaughtered him against my orders and we had won the battle. There's no reason to justify the death of an old friend. So, um, you know, I, it's it's crazy how how he's so manipulative um, in this moment, trying really trying hard to, to convince Voss that that he should join forces with him. Chapter 20 and 24, uh, Ventress arrives on Sereno with Boba's crew on Slave 1. They cause a distraction while she has 15 minutes to break out Voss from the cell block. She arrives too late. He force chokes her and knows the truth. You are a liar and a murderer, he says. Um, uh, so he's obviously at this moment touched the lightsaber and experienced, uh, the death of his master through psychometry. Chapter 25, Voss has Sith yellow red eyes and attacks her viciously with the dark side. She is torn. He has experienced his master's death through, uh, psychometry. She speaks to him like Padme pleading for him and explains herself and how sorry she is. She escapes barely thanks to Boba and Bosk, uh, and Voss remains to be Dooku's new apprentice. At least he stays behind, and uh, and it sure looks that way. Uh, Ventress meets Kenobi and explains everything. Uh, and here's two little outtakes, I have it. 
but you can control it. You're strong, Voss, stronger than it is. Don't let it win. Let's leave everything, Dooku, the Jedi, everything. We can go away together, just like we planned. Just you and me. So that's that's Ventress pleading to Voss just to come back to reality and snap out of it because he's desperately, he's trying to kill her and he's got these Sith angry eyes and, and it's just, it's just, uh, it's horrifying to her. It's like the man that she knew is just gone. Kind of like, kind of like when Padme is pleading for Anakin to come back to the light side. It's, it's, um, uh, it's a very similar moment. And then she says, I was afraid to tell you about Thom because I thought you'd hate me. So, so what she did, she told the truth and, and she's basically, she's referring to the fact that she twisted the truth of her killing Master Thom so that, so that he could direct that hate towards Dooku instead. So she just went about it in the wrong, but I mean, despite going about it the wrong way, I mean, it's like, like, does she really have a choice though? Because it's just an, a very unfortunate coincidence that, that Voss is the apprentice of this Jedi master who Ventura's actually killed. So, uh, chapter 20, six, uh, which is the beginning of what I think is uh, the episode called Saving Voss Part 1. Voss is publicly declared Admiral Enigma on the hollow. Desh finds a Ventress in level 1313 and convinces her to come to the temple with him. The council questions Ventress about the events that took place and her relationship with him. After shocking revelations, the council speaks privately. So, uh, Chapter 27, uh, Ventress, Anakin, and Obi-Wan team up and venture out to save Voss. They must put their trust in Ventress now. They sneak aboard the Separatist Dreadnought and the hunt begins in hopes they can save Voss, aka Admiral Enigma, and even possibly kill Dooku. Um, so that's, um, that's a lot of stuff there. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to just go back over those, those two those two couple chapters and just kind of bash through these highlights. Um, this is what, this is what uh, Ventress says to Kenobi. He's not coming back. He belongs to Dooku now. And chapter, uh, or, and <laughs> there's someone, someone says, uh, since when was Vosk a typical Jedi? I think, I think, uh, think Kenobi says that or um, Ventress says that. Uh, and uh, Master Windu says to Asajj Ventress, Asajj Ventress, Windu snapped, thank you for making the job of arresting you so much easier. So initially her her arrival into the Jedi Temple that Desh brings her the, is, is pretty, is, it's met with, with somewhat resistance. Um, and uh, Kenobi recalled that the last time the two had met, Ventress had used lies and deception in an attempt to kill Yoda, but the head of the council was his usual calm self. So this is referring to the ambush episode when when Ventress was sent to convince uh, King Katunko on on Tordaria to Tordaria to uh, join the Separatist Alliance, and she'd pit Yoda and the three clones against like legions of droids, basically. Uh, so it's referring to all that. Um, so chapter 28, they realize Admiral Enigma doesn't exist and it is possibly a tool against the Jedi image. Voss is still a captive as Dooku commands the bridge. Skywalker takes on Dooku and Kenobi and Ventress go to rescue Voss from the cell. 
But upon arrival, Ventress senses something's wrong and realizes it's too late. He's been consumed by the dark side. Uh, that's um, a pretty interesting way to put it. Uh, we've got him, Kenobi shouted to be, to be heard over the noise of the combat. Ventress, he's not on the bridge because he's in the brig. He's still a captive. Do you realize what this means? There is no Admiral Enigma. Duke has been using Voss as a tool to, lo to lower Jedi morale. So it's interesting that this Admiral Enigma figure that Duke is using Voss for even exists because he's, again, he's using it for the politics of the war. And he's basically saying like, hey, look at this Jedi master. He's, he's come over to our side of the fence. Um, so chapter 29, Ventress tries killing Voss, fearing his turn. Obi-Wan doesn't sense it. Um, they rescue Voss and get off the ship with his help. Uh, but she wants nothing to do with Voss and insists that if he got her in, uh, that if he got her in the, in the way, uh, oh, I'm sorry. I, I wrote this note a little backwards here. She wants nothing to do with Voss and insists that if he gets in her way, she's going to kill him. Anakin and Kenobi believe that Voss has returned to them and the escape is made. And chapter 30, the council grants Ventress immunity and wipes her records clean. And Voss apologizes to her in private, begging her to forgive him. Uh, at this point, she doesn't really sense the, the the dark side consumed him anymore. Like it's it's unclear. Like um, like at this point in the story, at least while you're reading it, like what it actually is that she sensed. But but at first, nobody else senses that the dark side has consumed him, but she's like, how is no one else sensing what I'm sensing? Um, and it's because that she's the only one that's been, that's familiar with the invisible cloak that is the dark side. Uh, and uh, anyway, but she doesn't sense it anymore, at least in this moment. And, and he's apologizing to her, begging her for forgiveness. But, but she walks away knowing Voss has chosen his path as a Jedi. Anakin goes to Padme and tells her about the events that took place. And she says that Ventress could be his way back from darkness. So Padme recognizes the, the power of, of like love. And they have a conversation about that. How could none of them feel it? Ventress wondered. Voss's eyes hadn't changed color. Not once, but the dark side wrapped his soul in, in as the cloak wrapped his body. So just again, just a way that how the dark side is just like so invisible to, to the Jedi in this in this moment in time. They just don't sense it. They don't feel it as strongly as they once did in the past. Anakin wasn't sure that was the right call. It felt wrong to him for the Jedi Order to keep secrets from the Chancellor. But the decision, like so many others, was out of his hands. Um, so that's a small a small little thing about, about Anakin's thoughts on the Jedi Council. Again, just leaving him out of the decision-making process and going forward with what they think is right and ends up being something that's probably not. Um, she kept insisting that Dooku had turned him, but no one, not I, not Anakin, nor anyone on the Council, has seen or sensed anything that leads us to believe she was correct. Ventress's emotions colored her perception. That's all. Or else she's just flat out lying, Anakin put in. I mean, come on, this is Asajj Ventress we're talking about. I prefer to give her the benefit of the doubt, Kenobi said. 
this a little banter between Anakin and Obi-Wan on the matter. And now saving Voss part two, chapter 31. Obi-Wan and Voss are assigned a mission together. They bring Anakin and Desh to claim a separatist supply base built into an asteroid. Uh, chapter 32. The asteroid turns out to be a trap rigged to blow that Voss discovers. They barely make it out when it goes up. Voss goes to Pantora and sees Ventress in the bar that they that they first uh, that they first had a drink in, I believe, and became partners. They finally make amends, and she no longer feels the dark side surrounding him. He plans to leave the Jedi for her. Chapter 33. On a mission to Vancor. Obi-Wan and Anakin and Voss journey to take down an, a listening post that Dooku had set up there. However, it's abandoned, and they come to the conclusion that there could potentially be a leak in Republic intel. Uh, so this book is constantly referencing, referencing previous planetary appearances. Uh, it's, just a, it's just cool to remind the readers uh, of the mental image that, that remains consistent through this book and the Clone Wars TV show. Uh, and it, it's very good about painting that mental picture. If you've, if you've entrenched yourself with, if you've saturated yourself with all the Clone Wars episodes in the past, then uh, picking up this book and reading it, it's going to feel so natural. And as you read it, you're going to know what things look like in your head, having seen all this stuff in the show before, a lot of these planets having shown up before. Um, and, and characters and all that stuff. You can hear these characters in your head because a lot of the lines just come straight out of the script and, and of the, of the episode and pop onto the page of this novel. So here's another highlight as Voss and Kenobi and left the chamber and can join them. Why do you always assume you're on the same mission? We are Voss asked. <laughs> <laughs> and I believe Anakin says, because I always am, uh, Anakin replied. Uh, Sadly, there is no countering that argument, Voss said Riley. <laughs> so that's that's a pretty good one. Um, and finally, uh, chapter 34, which is the episode called Traitor, I believe. Uh, Obi-Wan, Yoda, and Mace discuss the possibility that Voss could be the traitor. Uh, the leak that's leaking Republic intel. Obi-Wan defends him saying they have no evidence, which reminds me of how the Jedi Council jumped to conclusions about Ahsoka's criminal branding as well, even though she was told at the beginning that she would remain completely innocent of of all accusations. Um, Desh finds Republic bombs at the asteroid site and Yoda senses the dark side in Voss when he I think I think he brushes up against his leg or something like that and senses the dark side. Uh, and the Jedi speak of execution. They end up planning a, a mission with Kenobi to spy on him that will re- reveal his true colors uh, and uh, uh, try to kill Dooku uh, again. So, yeah, there's something here about about that whole traitor branding thing. We don't know anything yet, Kenobi retorted. If we're going to brand a man a traitor and destroy his life, it must hinge on what we can prove. Correct, Master Yoda. Kenobi is, Yoda said solemnly. Another line of inquiry I alone will will pursue. But if proof we find, a painful task we will have before us. Um, And... 
finally, uh, we have reached chapter 30. Oh, sorry. Uh, one more, one more, um, highlight. The force was with me this day. Oh, sorry. This is Yoda speaking. Oh my goodness. My throat is so sore. <clears throat> the force was with me this day. The truth to me has been granted. Taken by the dark side, Quinlan Voss has been. Though conceal it well, he does. Yoda hesitated. Lost to us, I fear he is. Uh, and now chapter 35. Voss meets Ventress and spends a romantic time with her in a park. He recruits her to join him in his mission. Her and Voss prepare in the Jedi Temple with the Council and depart for Christophysis, another familiar planet. Um, and uh, this is uh, this is a pretty good outtake that I found. With respect, I've learned something from young Skywalker, Voss said. Sometimes it's easier to ask for forgiveness than permission. <laughs> I just like that, uh, what he says about that. Uh, Voss learning from what Anakin does. Um, and uh, Voss is uh, in chapter 36 now. Voss is dropped off by Ventress at Dooku's ship. Uh, Kenobi and Skywalker slyly follow him. Uh, there's a bit of a fun way in how they do this. Uh, they watch him take on the Count using his dark side, pin him down, and finally threaten to kill him. So Voss actually wins the battle here against Dooku, and he threatens to kill him, saying that he seeks greater apprenticeship to Sidious when, uh, when Dooku's dead. Anakin and Obi-Wan then spring out from hiding and place them both under arrest. Uh, chapter 37, Voss and Dooku escape custody and Desh and the, the Bayon Jedi are killed as well. Uh, Desh is killed by Voss, but it's possible, uh, possibly a mercy kill in this moment uh, because, because Desh tries to kill Voss and he's got this like stinger thing because uh, he's an alien and he's got this stinger built into his, into his arm or whatever. And if he uses that, then, uh, then it's kind of like a bee. They, they die after that. And it's a, an excruciating, painful death apparently. So, so I think in that moment, Voss kind of, even though he's trying to run away with Dooku and he's still, it's un unclear of where his allegiance lies, but it really points evidence towards the fact that he's actually working with Dooku in this moment. Um, he, he kills Desh kind of out of mercy, I guess, but it's, it's a pretty harsh scene. Like it, cause the, cause him and Desh are like pretty close friends. So it's, it's a little hard to read, but um, chapter, uh, 38, uh, Ventress, Dooku and Voss survive crashing on Christophsis and Anakin and Kenobi follow. Voss convinces Ventress to trust him and his plans, uh, are for the best. Kenobi has orders and calls Ventress with a message that Voss must surrender or they will be killed. Um, so that's, uh, that's chapter 38 for you guys. And, uh, then that goes into one of the last uh, episodes of the entire arc called The Path as the last episode. And uh, I'll run through all the chapters and then give you guys the highlights after that. So uh, chapter 39, Dooku takes them to a, a uh, by the way, this is going to, I'm just going to run through them here. Chapter 39 through 42. So uh, Dooku takes them to a separatist tower where he introduces Voss to Sidious in a hologram and Ventress hangs back. Repo Republic forces bring down the tower and they barely make it to the bottom. Uh, 
So Voss actually kind of is introduced to Sidious at this point in the story, which is pretty crazy. Uh, but he obviously doesn't really see his face, unfortunately. Uh, chapter 40, Obi-Wan and Anakin chase Voss and the others to a fortress where they stand their ground. Ventress and Dooku are badly injured, and Dooku reveals to Ventress that Voss is truly a dark lord and will help him destroy Sidious to rule the galaxy. Uh, is this a lie? Is it not a lie? Chapter 41, Ventress confronts Voss about his allegiance, and Dooku takes the opportunity to blast extreme force lightning at Voss. Ventress throws herself in the way, sacrificing herself for him. Voss gives up his darkness, refusing to kill Dooku despite what he's done, and claims that he says, I am a Jedi. Kenobi witnesses this, and Ventress dies in Voss's arms with one last goodbye. A goodbye between two people who genuinely love each other. She is happy knowing that he is a Jedi once again. Uh, in chapter 42, Voss and the Jedi fight Dooku and he escapes with Sidious's help. Voss sacrificed a lot to try and discover the identity of Sidious. And he is forgiven for what he uh, has been redeemed thanks to Ventress and her sacrifice. She's honored with burial treatment from the Jedi. And Kenobi and Voss take her to Dathomir for her burial. She transcends into the forest into, in the dark pools of her village by the green mist of the waters of life. And she's welcomed home by her sisters. Asajj Ventress was home. That's a quote from the book there. Uh, home is uh, where the family that, that uh, she had, where, where her heart really belonged. And uh, it's a really touching moment of the story to kind of end off on that note, uh, seeing as like that her story arc is now fully complete. Uh, now, here's a highlight from chapter 41. The kind where we're slaves to our hatred, our rage. That's not what the dark side made me. That's what it does. Nothing is ever enough. You get more and more. Uh, that, that's a that's a really awesome quote from I think it's Ventress that says that about the dark side, recognizing it for be this being this treacherous path. Uh, hence the title of the of the uh, episode called the path. But you're never happy. It's a trap baited with all the things you want most. That life, it's not worth living. She squeezed his hand, imploring. I've already left that behind, and you can too. You have a choice. Um, and I love when he says, I am a Jedi. It's directly taken from Return of the Jedi. Like, directly. Uh, the line is literally those four words. And and I love that he refuses to kill Dooku despite killing his the love of his life and, and taking so much away from him uh, and torturing him for days. It's, it's an incredible ending to this story that he just, he doesn't exactly throw his lightsaber down, I don't think, but he, I think he turns it off. But, and he says those words, he says, I am a Jedi and he refuses to kill him. And in that moment, Kenobi, when he, when Kenobi sees that, he knows he can vouch for Voss being a Jedi, even though all this other evidence points toward the fact that he could be this new Sith Lord apprentice or something like that. Um, all is forgiven in that one moment because he realizes that Voss, in fact, chose the path of the Jedi in that moment. And, and, and Ventress died knowing that her sacrifice meant that she's, that he's able to live that life as well.
remember, you always have a choice to be better. You always have a choice to, to pick the right path. She smiled sadly, even if that choice comes a little too late. His intention had been to use Dooku to get to Sidious and thus eliminate both Sith Lords once and for all. So that is Voss's genuine true intention. That's a highlight from the book here. And here's another one. He had been calm for most of the interrogation, but when they asked him about Asa's Ventress, he shattered. She, she saved me, he wept. She saved me. They pressed him for more details. This is the Jedi Council I was talking about. But Voss found himself unable to say anything other than those three words. So he had genuine intentions and, and, he, and, he, and he just got in way too deep. Um, and uh, here's another one. You misunderstand, Master Windu. All of you. She didn't just save his life. She saved Quinlan. And I believe she may have saved us. Yoda had silenced the questions and protests and instructed Kenobi to speak what was in his heart. We lost our way, Kenobi had said. We lost it when we decided to use assassination, a practice so clearly of the dark side, for our own ends, well-intentioned though they might have been. All that has happened since, Voss succumbing to the dark side, the deaths that is directly and indirectly caused, the secrets leaked, the world's placed in jeopardy, all of this can be traced back to a single decision, masters. I submit to you that Voss's fall was of our own making, and Asajj Ventress's death is on all of our hands. That Voss is here with us today, devastated, but on the light path once more, is no credit to us, but to her. She died, a true friend of the Jedi, and I believe that she deserves to be laid to rest with respect. But for this moment, the dark side is not our enemy. This is this is something that uh, Obi Wan then, Obi, Obi Wan and Voss, after they take Ventress's body to uh, to uh, Dathomir to be to be laid, uh, they have a little discussion here. But for this moment, the dark side is not our enemy. Can you sense it? Is what Voss said. He watched Kenobi t uh, took a deep breath, reaching out into the Force. His eyebrows rose as he experienced what Voss could feel. Puzzlement flitted across his bearded face, and he looked at Voss curiously. Why not? Here, the dark side belongs to the Night Sisters, and we are returning one of their own. I, I don't know how I know it, but I just do. I believe you, Kenobi said simply. And that, my friends, is all I've got for annotations on uh and highlights uh on uh this book it's an incredible story and uh it's uh, it's a book that you guys have just if you've listened to me up until this point um uh um, first off thank you and uh, uh thank you so much for for tuning in and uh experiencing the story that i've kind of very greatly researched in depth i love this book and i i very much encourage you guys to read this story for yourself because it's a one of a kind and uh truly uh unlike any other star wars book so far that i've had the privilege of reading 
Um, and uh, if you if you do have um, a sec uh, or, or a, like an hour, um, I think it's in about an hour or something or 45 minutes, uh, check out those the, the video that's linked in the description, the Untold Clone Wars panel, everything you missed uh, from Anaheim 2015. Uh, we're going to be doing a episode dedicated to the Son of Dathomir comic book and uh, the untold uh, Clone Wars stories as well. So don't worry, those two episodes are going to be coming up in the near future for you guys. Uh, but if you made it to this point in the podcast, uh, just I want to just say real quick uh, thank you. Uh, so incredibly much for, for just like sticking with us like this is a hobby for for me and uh, for Diego as well uh, and uh, for everyone who comes on the show it's just it's just fun to do and for anyone listening um, it's just uh, it's just awesome to see uh, encouraging messages saying like hey we listen to the show uh, I know I've got a few friends that have, have, have been tuning in going through Clone Wars uh, shout out to Ben uh, Ben Damien Ellen uh, and, uh, you know, you guys, uh, you guys have been pretty dedicated fans and, and I know Ben, you've been, uh, you've been on the show before as well for Mandalorian nights. So we'll, we'll have you back soon eventually, but, uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll be, uh, we'll be doing a lot more in the future and, uh, and, uh, thank you again for, for everyone just, uh, just being such, uh, such great listeners and. Uh, we'll uh, we'll see you all next time next week for the final um, uh, piece of literature on the Clone Wars, which is the Son of Dathomir comic book from Dark Horse. Uh, so yeah, that's about it, and uh, we'll see you guys then. May the Force be with you. <laughs> <laughs>